0: Igniting Hope Ministries welcomes you. Prepare yourself to listen to a message that will spark hope and renew your mind. Hi, Steve Backlund here from Igniting Hope Ministries. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. The title of today's message is Creating Victory with These Four Words. I'll get into my message here in just a moment. and You know, I was so inspired this week as I wrote material for my monthly pastor encouragement newsletter email that I send out. And by the way, if you're interested in receiving that, you're a church leader, you can write us at info at ignitinghope.com and request to be put on that email list. I love to encourage. I love to speak directly to church leaders. I love the church. Jesus said, uh, well, actually, Paul said love Love your wives as Christ loved the church, speaking to the husbands. And so if God loves the church that much, then I think I should. Hey, just got back from South Africa. Great trip there. God's doing powerful things there. Love to release hope. And so just let's get into this. You know, the, the verse in Matthew 4, 4, it says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And I believe this, the quality of our lives depends on our identifying what God has told us. The more we know this, the more we will live abundantly, influentially, and fulfilled. And I like the fact that this verse says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It's talking about a proceeding word, a continual hearing of what God is saying. It doesn't say, A man shall live by every word that has proceeded from the mouth of God. And it's interesting that if Abraham in the Old Testament, in Genesis 22, when the Lord said, sacrifice your son Isaac, if he wouldn't have heard the preceding word, the now word, he would have sacrificed his son on an old word. And I want to also say that men shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Most of the words we live by will be conclusions, will be conclusions of what we believe God has said. In Acts 16, Paul concluded he was to go minister in Macedonia. In verse 10, after having a vision. In the four types of words that I'm going to share in a moment that we live by, they're they're mostly going to be conclusions. They're not going to be audible words that we've heard. They're not going to be, uh, you know, lightning bolts hitting us. But in in our walking with God, we're going to say, I conclude and I believe the Lord has told me this. And another thing that we can draw from this verse is that And it's a conclusion that I've come up with is that I can put up with a lot of negative circumstances and outward non-success if I've got a word from the Lord. If I believe he's told me something, then that in itself, I'm gonna draw life from. But if I don't have a word from the Lord, if I don't have something that I can say, I believe God has told me this in promise and in direction, then the only way I can live is if things are going well in my life. Things are going well personally, relationally, family-wise, financially, country-wise. There's good news going on all over the place. And I believe even as I'm recording this, you know, the coronavirus and all that's going on connected to that wants to build fear for the future. But I need to hear something from God. And certainly, you know, we may take precautionary methods. We, we may believe that's what we need to do. But we also need to stand on uh, Scripture. Psalm 91 is a great passage to be reading and hearing during this hour. But let's just talk about the four words. When I say words, I'm just saying man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. What are these, what are these words going to... Um, what areas of life, what aspects of our relationship with God are these four words or these, uh, these words going to cover? And I believe there's four. Number one is that the, God's general promises for our lives I'll live from God's general promises. Our future is as bright as the promises of God. We participate in the divine nature through God's promises. Says that in 2 Peter 1, 4. We can walk in biblical optimism because we believe in Hebrews 10:23, where it says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. I recently did a blog. On that I entitled, Five Promises Igniting Biblical Optimism. And I just think it's worth, at this moment, just repeating these. Five promises. Number one, the promise of supernatural ability. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Thank you, Father, that I have supernatural abilities in relationships, in my choices, in my influence, and in all things. The second promise, and these are all great general promises, the promise of supernatural completion. Philippians 1.6 says this, being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, that you are completing what you have started in me, in my family, my nation, in my ministry, and in the world. Thirdly is the promise of supernatural restoration. Romans 8.28, and we know that all things work together for good for those who love God to those who are the called according to his purpose. Thank you, Father, that everything in my past is being turned into an incredibly positive thing for me right now and in my future. And number four is the promise of supernatural provision. Philippians 4.19, and my God, I love that, and my God, and my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Thank you Father that you're providing my spiritual needs, my emotional needs, my financial needs, my relational needs, my family needs, my ministry needs, my city's needs and my nation's needs. And number 5 is the promise of supernatural solutions. 1 Corinthians 10:13 says there's no temptation and some versions say no trial no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Oh, thank you, Father, that there are divine solutions manifesting for every challenge and every divinely inspired dream in my life. Well, you know, the general promises of God... I live by them. Thank you, Lord. I participate in the divine nature. I can confess hope continually because of that. That's number one. The second area that word we can live by is God's rhema words for our lives. Rhema is one of the Greek words translated word in our English Bible. It is a specific truth from Scripture that is a scriptural basis that God has made real to us. It is what we fight with as we enter into our promises. And this word in Matthew 4:4, living by every word, that's rhema. We live by the rhema words. It's what we fight with. Ephesians 6:17 says, take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, which is the rhema of God. We fight with the rhema words. We fight with that, you know, and it's called a sword because we're supposed to kill something with it. We kill pessimism. We kill victim mindsets. We kill uh, discouragement. We kill disappointment. We kill unworthiness, and, and, and we defeat those with a word. Paul told Timothy in, in 1 Timothy 1.18, he told a young leader, he said this, war a good warfare according to the prophecies that are given to you. He said, Timothy, fight with the, the prophetic words that you believe God has made real to you. Now, I'm talking to overcomers who are listening to this podcast. I'm talking to people who you know are, are called of God. You've got great assignments. You have particular anointings nobody can say it like you and we all have to rise up and fight we fight with what we believe god has told us in Raymond words i remember and i've shared this i remember at a discouraging time in the 90s i had a thought steve i haven't called you to fail i've called you to succeed i don't tell anybody go to a prayer meeting and then share with some local with some regional pastors pray for me the first guy out of his mouth says, Father, I thank you that you haven't called Steve to fail, but you've called him to succeed. I had a Ramo word. I fought with that. I declared it. I put it in my mouth. I say, thank you, Lord. You haven't called me to fail. You've called me to succeed. When that negative feeling, the discouragement would come upon me, I'd, I'd, I'd speak those words. And it, it's powerful. You say, well, how do I know if I got a Ramo word? Well, it's the aha moments. It's the aha promises. It's the unusual coincidences and repeated prophetic words. It's the scriptures, promises that have been repeated over and over again. You start to take them up and you say, That's for me. I know. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. I've got a word from the Lord. I've got a word of of specific promise. The third is is this is we live by him. Our identity in Christ. That's, I live by that word. Thank you, Father, for the word of revelation of my identity in Christ. We cannot consistently do what we don't believe we are. The second most important question in all of life is who we say we are. Who do I say I am? The first, the first, first most important question is who we say Jesus is. But who we say we are. And so I live from the knowledge of that I am, who God says I am. Hebrews 10:14 says, "He has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Sanctification is the process of getting into our experience who we already are. Wow, wow, wow. And then the fourth is this, uh, what do I know? I, I know. I live by what I believe God has told me in the area of direction, assignments, and direction we make. We have power and energy when we confidently attach faith to the decisions we make, whether big or small. Double-mindedness, doubt, grudging obedience and passivity in our decision-making and in our assignments creates tiredness and frustration. I believe this, that most... Uh, most tiredness is spiritual. Certainly, certainly there can be some physical reasons for it, but I believe that most of our tiredness is tied to some sort of spiritual root, and often it's that we haven't attached faith to what we're doing. We're just doing things out of duty, obligation, uh, or reluctance, or passivity, where we're just waiting to see what happens instead of creating What's happening? And I believe this, that when we attach faith to our decisions, and I'll say it again, there's energy, there's power, there's life. Wow. What do I know? What do I know God's told me? You know, I I had a person in Nevada. I'd call him up when I was pastoring. He'd answer the phone, what do you know? And the Lord just said, when I phone heaven in prayer, he says, what do you know? What do you know in promise? What do you know in rhema word? What do you know in identity? And what do you know about what you believe I've told you to do? And again, it's this fourth one that's so powerful. You know, we we can put up with a lot of junk if we know we're, we're to be in an assignment. If we know we're supposed to be in a relationship. You know, if we're, if we're in our homes, if we're in our marriage reluctantly or a compulsion rather by faith. That thing is going to weaken us. And the only way we can live is if things go well. Or it can be that big or it can just be minor things. You know, if we're, if we're guilt ridden, if, we if we don't go to a meeting or don't give in an offering and we feel guilty, then that's an issue that we need to nail down to say, what do I believe I'm supposed to do? Again, attaching faith to it. Double-mindedness is the enemy of great influences. I'm looking forward to writing a book on decision making called Fully Convinced, The Art of Decision Making. God wants to lead us all to be fully convinced in what we're, what we're doing, what we're not doing. You got a situation, you got a relational issue, um, you know, be fully convinced in how to approach that whether it's speaking to them, whether it's just praying about it, whether it's another strategy, the more we can nail down, the more we know, yep, I believe I'm supposed to do this regarding that. I believe I'm supposed to do this regarding that family member. I believe I'm supposed to do this regarding a financial decision or or choice that I need to make or how to approach the more I know is the more I'm going to live. Wow. Hey, you know, this is so powerful. I love this. Hey, you know, if you love these podcasts, just tell somebody else about them. You know, the book, Higher Perspectives, there's going to be some insights on this particular topic, victorious mindsets that I've written, and Divine Strategies for Increase. They're going to, it's going to indirectly touch the concepts I've talked about today. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Steve Backlin here from Igniting Hope Ministers. I want to remind you of this. We're here to ignite your hope. There's no hopeless circumstances. They're just people who do not have hope. Once people get true hope, circumstances cannot stay the same. Hope is an unstoppable force. The negative strongholds in our life hate hope because when they know that hope is coming, that they cannot last where there is a culture of hope, where this hope begins to rise. And I believe this, that after love, Hope is the most powerful, leadership, influential quality we have. That our hope level determines our influence level, and you as the most hope has the most influence. And I want to remind you, too, that the joy of the Lord is your strength. We don't need strength at the end of the battle. We need strength in the middle of the battle. I used to say, yep, when all my problems are over, then I'll be joyful. Ha <laughs> ha, let's laugh at that. That's ridiculous. <laughs> For most people listening today, today's not just a good, it's not a good day to be radically joyful. (laughs) Joy in a more convenient season, I will call for you. No, today's the day. Today's the day we stir it up. You know, we stir it up, you know, whether it's, we, we say I can't be joyful because of personal weakness, because of situations in my family, finances, what's going on in the nation. No, you know what? It's our strength today. We need, we need it. And a merry heart is good like medicine. To be emotionally, physically, and spiritually healthy, a merry heart, laughter, helps create that dynamic. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this podcast from Igniting Hope Ministries. God bless you. Steve Backlin here. And I'm looking forward to having you with us again on another podcast.